1420 KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033 K277 DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. Gerald Broussard, Brew, the G-Man, he is in studio for uh, the first time in a long time with me. It's great to see you. How are you feeling? How's life? How are you? Good. Good. No, doing well. Uh, in, enjoying life. Life is uh, just talking with with Janet out front. Uh, uh, you know, we we share a grandchild as uh, Janet's daughter is married to my son, and then just talking about being grandparents. That that's Scott. It, it, when you first say you're a grandparent, you know, the immediate thought is your age and that kind of stuff. But but the actual act of getting to do it is really groovy. I mean, we're having a good time. There's nothing like it, right? That's what all grandparents say. No, really. And, and um, yeah, I, I tell people, look, I'm John's dad first. You know, John's our only kid, and we went through all the moving and all that kind of stuff. Very happy and pleased with how things are. Uh, but I'm darn sure Vance's grandpa second. I mean, there's not a big deal with that. And, and uh, you know, people say, I bet you spoil him. And you're right, I do. But rotten. Oh, yeah. And then give them back. You know, well, that's yeah. the beauty of the grandparents. Grandparents do. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to do the things that uh, you don't want him to have all the time. And give them back to you. Yeah, butter them yeah. up, and here you go. He'll be all right. Yeah. Here you go. You you deal with the other stuff. Yeah, I already did that with you. Yeah, get them through <laughs> it. So no, it's good. And uh, you know, health is back to being better and better every day. So it's it, it's good to be me. Good to hear you back on the airwaves with Jay and a Bailey. Take and their will. Touchdown, <laughs> Louisiana. Make them like it, Bert. Take their Make them like it. I mean, raise your hand. Over them fellas from Lafayette we was just talking about, it's a good day to be a Cajun, Bert. <laughs> Take their will, baby. That's that was that was a G. Anytime he gets in the second half and the Cajuns are just running, I'll I'll, I'll say like G says, lather them up. Yeah, you do. And I appreciate you. <laughs> lather them up. That. I'm like, this is this is like I don't want to use the word. This is like if if a if a Lord of the Rings nerd was getting to watch Lord of the Rings marathon. That's just another way of you know people like to say porn, and I don't want to say that, but that right, that right. you know, but yeah. like that's that's what it's like for G watching that kind of football. You know, it gets you excited. Well, and a good part about it was is that just talking about it, that was behind Dirty Dave and Shane Vallow, you know, and, and a couple of guys who walked onto the Cajun program from Lafayette. They they go in there look. Dirty Dave, uh, Dave Hudson, we're talking about, started at right guard for the Cajuns against Liberty. The the defensive tackles for Liberty were 338 and 320 pounds. One of the guys was a seven-year guy. He's playing in his 60th game from Latvia. And here comes Dirty Dave, all six foot nothing, 260 pounds of him, and was splattering the guy. I'm talking about getting after it. There was one play in there a couple plays before that snap that, that, that you just played 
where, where he and Shane doubled up on a fella, and I'm talking about just just road graded him, and, and then got up, and you could tell they were having a good time partying with each other. And look, Shane ain't going to win no Shack of the Year award either. Now Shane's not a big fella, but but th- those guys are just you know they're Lafayette people. They're Cajuns. They're they're what it is to be a raging Cajun. They were down there having a groovy time. Whenever it's is there anything better as no Lyman G when your team's up big in the second half and you own the time of possession, you can just tell the opponent's tired. Is there anything better than that? No, I mean, and just like you said, I mean, you you can beat people by throwing the football, but you take their will by beating them running it. And, and you know, we saw it at the end of the Arkansas State game, keeping the ball the whole game. You saw it here. Uh, when, when, when you got to run it, and they know you got to run it, and you run it, and they can't do anything about it, and you just keep running it and running it. And you look, there's a little verbalizing going down there from time to time. You just tell me, bro, we're going to do this again now, and um, I'll, I'll be back. Just give me about 40 seconds. I'll come right back. ESPN Lafayette, Gerald Broussard in the studio. We're going to talk about Billy Napier, obviously, um, and his name being out there and all these other things. But as a, as a play caller, one thing I find that I, I don't I, – maybe unusual is too strong of a word – but I think a lot of common fans, when they think of aggressive, go for it on fourth down a lot. Scared money don't make money. They think of a quarterback that is more air-based, run and shoot, let's sling it around, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's play horizontal, vertical, everywhere. Let's just do it. Napier is a play caller. He said it many times. Look, first thing we want to do is run the football. That's what we want to do. We want to run. We want to establish our own. We want to run in the trenches. And then when that's happening, you know, we'll set a play action. We'll throw it. It's not like he's, like, running the triple option or anything. But he's a run-first play caller that is also a very aggressive play caller in that, and they're 20 of 28 on fourth downs this year. I mean, how many teams are going for it on fourth down 28 times in 10 games? Um that is not what I think fans think of when you think of, man, aggressive, go for it on fourth down more than anybody. What kind of play caller do you think they are? They're probably not thinking, oh, well, that's a, that's a run-first type play caller. So is it unusual or is that just my perception of things? Because it doesn't feel common across football when you think of those well, kind of guys. 28 is not. Right. I mean, that's not at all. We were talking about it during the broadcast, and, and, and Jay asked me on the last time they went forward on fourth down, it was fourth and less than a yard and stuff, and they throw it. You know, off of that, you talk about run first, but they throw it off of a play-action move uh, and, and, and actually was trying to hit the home run on it. Now, he wasn't trying to. He got the first down, throwing it in the flat, but they had a guy going vertical. That's the one he wanted. That's why he called the play was to go vertical and, and to end the game right then. You could end the game doing that. Uh, but it actually ended the game anyway with it. But, you know, you're playing really good defense. Jade said, well, what would you do? Well, Gerald, I, Gerald would have punted. But I'm not Billy Napier. Mm-hmm. And, and now does that make Gerald scared? No, I just was playing in my defense, playing field position, doing all that kind of stuff. You just, but, keep, your, you just keep your money in the bank. Yeah, but know, Coach yeah. Napier is the head coach and the play caller. So it's not like defense coordinator is going to fuss at him. Or the head coach is going to fuss at him. You know, he knows. And look, if I put you in the bind, I'm sorry, but we're doing this. And, and so uh, and, and one of the things that he does do, he is a run first guy that's going to throw early in the game. He's going to move the pocket, throw the play action, get some some. And haven't seen it here lately, saw it in midseason a little bit more. 
but get the ball downfield early in the game. Throw some deep balls downfield early in the game, and then come try and set up the run off of that. Once you, once the opponents know we're going to throw. Now here this past week and stuff, uh, everybody's playing the boot out the left side, which is really a naked because they've got no blocking in front of Levi going back to his left off the run fake to the right, simply because Levi's left-handed. And so those plays have not worked early in the game here in the last couple of weeks. And Billy's fine with that. He knows that, you know. So I just think that he's kind of setting that up for it at other points. Because I do know and I do believe that he plays beyond this game. He's playing things for the future games and for future calls and stuff like that. Because he knows, hey, look, he knows. They're, they're, if you've never been on, on a trip with the Cajuns, which I just made a couple of plane flights with him the last couple of weeks, there are more people on that plane. And I was talking to Coach Viator. I actually went to supper with him the last two Friday nights with Coach Viator and some of the analysts in there. And Coach Viator, he's such a nice man. I mean, he takes the older analysts to go eat on Friday nights, kind of like a little tradition. Well, me, me being... Um, you're an older analyst. Yeah, I'm, I'm analyzing too, so I jumped in on the bus, which is we've been walking the last two weeks. and It's just a chance to go visit. But I asked him, I said, who are all these people? I mean, there's so many people. And he said, yeah, I, some of them I don't know. He said, but he knows that when they're sitting in there watching film on, on, at night and Coach Napier and the whole offensive staff, he said, there's about 17 people in there. Well, that's more people than we had on our whole staff. That's just the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, you put them all together and you've got 30-something people in there. So what, what, what happens with it, there's just an abundance of folks that have assigned tasks, and it's all about giving him information. And so, you know, what, what what can I anticipate? What do I see? What What is going to be uh, in this situation, that situation? What if I want to see something? You know, what do y'all see? Because, you know, the more eyes you have out there, the more opportunity you have to gain knowledge. And so all these guys are doing advanced scouting and, 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 and uh, you know, recruiting and stuff. And they're all tasked with bringing back information to him in whatever facet they come to. And he's always, from what I understand, he welcomes that from, from people that, he, Coach, I saw this. This would fit good into our stuff or whatever. And um, But I, I say all that because where he's going with that is the knowledge that he's gaining and the situations he puts himself in. I'm sure he's he's meticulous with his note-taking. And I, I watch him in the mornings on game day and stuff, and I see him in other parts of the hotel, and I see him getting up and, you know, he suited up for their first meeting of the day, which this past week wasn't until 8.30, which nor- that's really late because a few games the last year, they were at 6.30 in the morning. I mean, he's, and I say suited, I'm talking about in his church clothes, like a suit, um, and he's ready to go get on the bus, you know, at like 6.30. Now, they're not leaving for a long, long time, but but he's up, he's he's, he's prepared for, for leaving with the team, and he's got his call sheet and going through it and stuff. And I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, with him, as as do a lot of other offense coordinators that do that, they situate, them, they put themselves in situations all the time. And uh, his situations, where it'd be for, fourth down situations, backed up situations, going in or whatever, he just, I mean, he, he is true to who he is. And he's had success doing it. You know, I think that uh, he's a very in a unique situation, being the head coach and the play caller and being able to do that. Um, because he only has to answer to his conscience. And uh, Patrick Tony has taken care of him, too, by doing some things defensively that make it look really good. Yep, yep. And uh, Tony is a name being mentioned as maybe heading to Texas Tech and a Ron Roberts connection and what they want to do there. And uh, that's kind of been 
that that hasn't been front page news because Billy may be, you know, going elsewhere in the future. Uh, every time a big job has opened the last few years, his name is connected. Whether it's reality or not, you'll see his name on a sheet of potential candidates. Now, there are some that have come open where it was a, more of a reality than others, where there were actual interviews and other things. I was talking to Jay last hour. I'll ask you, and I, I asked Billy about it Monday, you know, yesterday. Did anybody, you know, ask you or your agent for an interview? And he didn't want to answer it. He didn't say mm-hmm. no, but he, and I, I respect yeah. it. I'm not going to keep pushing or anything. I mean, he, if he had, if, I'll say this. If he was a coach that didn't say, I'd rather not discuss it publicly. If he had just started saying, well, I'm only worried about the next game. And that I would have followed up with, you know, you didn't really answer the question. But if a coach is like, look. It's fair question. I'd rather not discuss it publicly. There's that's it. I'm not sure. going to keep saying. Sure. Why don't you say something? Yeah. Um, I will say this, G. This year it does feel different. Right now, to me, it feels different than the last few years. Um, I know other people that feel the same way that are close to the situation, um, and I also know a lot of fans or anxious or worried or all this other stuff i you can keep hitting refresh all day you can believe rumors a lot of which at this point aren't necessarily true well here's a picture of a plane well that that picture's you know from 17 years ago mm-hmm. um well here's a here's a flight path well the last time that school did that they actually flew out of a different city because they know how crazy people get on message boards put all this stuff out there uh you can get so wrapped up in everything else it's like if you're a ul fan there's there's senior day Saturday. There's a conference championship game. There's a bowl game after that. You know, where where is your... Don't forget to stop and smell the flowers. I guess that's all I'll say. Well, you, you're missing on a lot of opportunities to appreciate the success we're having by worried about the success that we may not have. And, and, and uh, been through it with guys who have been courted and been through it with guys who are on the way out. You know, as as an assistant coach, I've never been that guy that's, you know, now I, I had some opportunities when I was at, uh, as an assistant coach, knowing that I was not going to be at that school the next year. But take Magnese. In fact, I was with Coach Coach Vietor at the time. And uh, knowing that I was not going to be back there next year, that I had a couple of opportunities, and I was going to take one of the couple, of, depending on what happened with it. Um, with what you know, you're asking coach, and 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 if anybody thinks he's going to tell him anything, I mean, you're just wasting your breath. Sure. He's not going to. He doesn't know. I don't know what you would expect or anybody would expect. I mean, his best friend could sit there and talk. With he doesn't know uh, until he does a deep dive. Is there interest? Well, sure, there's an interest. I mean, heck, there's interest in a lot of different things. But that, and I'm sure there was interest the last couple of years. But until he did the deep dive into figuring out, is it going to be best for him? And it's not what's best for UL. It's not what's best for Gerald or Scott or, or, or anybody. It's what's best for Coach and his family. Is it going to be what's best for him? And what is? And I'm not saying financially. I'm just I'm saying what he feels like he needs to make his life the best life he can have in that situation. You know, there was a but when when Coach Huspis was here, all everybody was saying the same thing. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, we can't lose him. And in his last couple of years, they were trying to push him out. 
you know, and and then all of a sudden we get Coach Napier and he comes in and what are we going to do? And 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 now you know we'll we'll see if he's here and I, I do hope he's here. But if he's here, then then we'll we'll ride this wave. If he's not here, then we'll, we'll get on a new boat. And and uh and I think and, and, and I wish tra- him well as he sails yeah, off to sure. a, a new destination and, and and be happy for him and and happy for those. Look, the guy, the only people that I worry about, and I say not only, but but I do. I, I have an affect, affection for the assistant coaches. I was going to ask you about that, G. Yeah. As, as a guy that's been on a staff, Gerald Russo, our guest, Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, as a guy that's been on a lot of football staffs, you've been on staffs that have been let go. You've been on staffs where maybe the head guy left. Kind of put put the listeners in that seat of what's that what that's like. Is your this is your livelihood? This is your job. You've got a family, right? Mm-hmm. What's that like when you hear these things? Are you getting word from the coach? Or are you just kind of out there and in, in, in the dark like a lot of fans when it comes to this stuff? No, the coaches are. They're in the dark unless you've been told by the head coach, "Hey, this is what's happening," and I, I you know, you're going to be included in these plans. For the most part, though, it's not. You know, let's just say that Coach Napier takes a job at, uh, I don't know, Bogalusa University, okay? And so he, he's going to go at, at Boga U and, and, and going to bring the whole staff with him. Well, that's not going to happen. I don't care whether Boga U is number one in the country or number 800 in the country. He's not bringing the whole staff. So somebody's not going to get to go. And, and at, in a sense, you know, the new guy, whoever comes in, is not going to be told by Dr. Maggard, you have to retain such and such. And um, kind of why Billy might have pulled himself out of some interviews last year. Could have been. And, and so, you know, and, and, and with that being said, though, is that so every assistant coach in there is in limbo. The coaches understand the wives. The hardest thing in the world is to be a coach's wife. It's a it's a great life when things are good. And it's a real cruddy life when they're not. And and um, because they're the ones that are going to have to stay back. Because, look, this is recruiting time, too. So the coaches are getting ready. To, you got to go out. You got to recruit. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's Thanksgiving. It's getting ready to be Christmas, and you're going to leave your family for them to try and pack up and get everything done and all that stuff. And even if they come with you, the and I had more fun with the new staff when we'd go in and start meeting and putting our stuff together and getting our recruiting boards and all that stuff. But it's long days. It's 14, 15-hour days, which we didn't care about. We were eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the office. Where, But you're there with your boys. You know, you're having a good time. It's new guys. You're all excited. And then you, you go to call. I got, man, I got to go call Julian. Uh, well, John had this at school, and they were asking this about it. He's all upset about this, and, hey, I'm trying to pack. I, I got a mover coming, and we're trying to get this done. And are you going to be able to be home for this? And, you know, I, I don't know. We were listening to Larry the Cable Guy. I don't, you know, I don't remember if I'm going to be able to be home. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come. And, and so, you know, you as an assistant, it's it just it's stressful on your family to try. And, and then you're going to relocate. You know, so I tell people this, and you've heard me say it. John went first grade in Lafayette. Second grade in Phoenix, Arizona. Third grade in Martin, Tennessee. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade in Lake Charles. Eighth, ninth, tenth grade in Nacogdoches, Texas. Eleventh to twelfth in Lafayette. Walked on at UL. He's on the team. First time he and I are ever on the field together at the same time, and we get fired again. And so I'm, you know, so he's going to be here in Lafayette, and if I'm going to coach, I'm going to be in another town. And so that's why I got out of coaching was so I could watch him play, but. uh you know, with that, it's just the families are the one, and there is no uncertainty. So you, as an assistant coach, now you you got to spend time worrying about where you're going to be. Now, you know, you're, you're marketable a little bit because of your resume, um, but there's there's no guarantee. You have no control like the head coach does. 
ESPN Lafayette, great sketch show. That's Gerald Broussard. Coach Napier does strike me as someone that would want to take a lot of the staff. Doesn't mean they all definitely want to go. I don't think, as you said, you take you can take an entire staff, but autonomy of staff seems like something that would be very important to him um, in general, wherever he is. Now, credit to Coach, uh, excuse me, credit to Dr. Maggard, Dr. Savoy, and them for giving him the tools. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you were part of some good staffs uh, in terms of the sheer number and, and the minds they have. I mean, because like you said, they got 17 guys in an offensive room. Y'all didn't have that much mm-hmm. on an entire staff when you were coaching. So it's been the best staff for, for, for a number of reasons, and that's, that's not to knock any of the staffs you were on, but sure. just sheer number and, yep. and, and all that stuff. Um, he's been given that, and I, 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 I do feel like if he goes somewhere, there will be, there'll be a lot of guys he wants to take. He, I'll say this. You can't, you can't do it all, but he does seem like a guy that, that cares very much about the well-being of his staff. You get that vibe from him? I, I do. Uh... I also think that there's there's things now. Coach has been in a lot of places, and and um, I think there are guys that are out there coaching that he's coached with that he would like to be able to coach with. That for one reason or whatever, he, he couldn't get them in at, at Louisiana, right? But if you're at Bogalusa, you you can get whoever you What's want. What's the mascot at Bogalusa? You by the way. Oh, the Bulldogs, the Bogalusa Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. Well, I mean, you reference them a lot. Yeah, and so Boga, you, yeah, Boga is Booga. the name, not Uga Booga. I like it, Boga. Yeah, you can be Come my Booga, but uh, Booga the live mascot. The so Bulldog. his assistant coach's pool has opened up to him too, you know, and so, um, you know, I know, you know, that's another thing that he's done really, really well is is surround himself. Because you know, he's had a number of staff changes, but surround himself with good people and, and surround those good people with other good people and, and continuing to press on each other and challenge them and put good players in there. And I think they've got good eyes. They've got developmental eyes. You know, we, they don't sit there and look and say, okay, this guy's a ready-made player. I think they get them in and they, they coach them up and they make them better. And, and now they become ready-made. Um, but, but, you know, I think that you know, as he goes to wherever it is, or if he stays here, I think that every everybody's evaluated annually, and you look at it. The one thing that there is a little different is when we were coaching, we were what's called at will, which means you got two weeks. That was it. So if 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 all of a sudden they came in and said, which this has happened, you know, Coach Stokely's not going to be the head coach anymore. Oh, by the way, y'all are going to get paid for two more weeks. You know, and. uh and two weeks back then was this week. So that was the last week of the season was always the week before Thanksgiving. That's stressful, man. Yeah. And so now you got to go to Thanksgiving and tell your bride, hey, guess what? We got two more weeks on the clock. And then, so now we're trying to find a job. So we're not really worried about you know, turkey. But, but uh, and then that's getting ready to be Christmas. And what are we going to do for Christmas? Do you spend for Christmas? Do you don't? Whatever. But I think at UL at times they would say, okay, we'll give you to the end of January. You know, give you a. Uh, two more months, which was kind of, they didn't have to. Uh, other place I've been at, they didn't have to do that either. And I was able to try and push and negotiate for a little bit more. Uh, Cause I've been through it three times. And so, uh, you know, with that, I, I think that, you know, you try and situate yourself and facil- facilitate yourself, but you're also trying to negotiate your own position somewhere. 
Uh, I, I know that Coach talks about he doesn't worry about the team because the team doesn't worry about it. Dude. Everybody said, well, how does this affect the team? They, they don't care. He said, he, he told me, he said, if I were to talk to him about something like that, it would then become a distraction. Yeah, he would make it more than it I is. I don't want that. I want the focus where we're trying to win. But I do think he is the kind of person that if if Levi goes up to him and asks, Coach, what do you think? You know, what's going on? He said, dude, I'm not worried about that. Whatever. He'll handle that in a conversation. He's not going to not He's not going to lie to yeah. him or... I think that he up. has a relationship in there. I think there is a lot of conversation in there. I think there, there are. I mean, like I said, they do have a lot of people in there, but they got a lot of players. They're together so much, mm-hmm. you know, in there that I know that there's communication, and they're so insulated in that building. They don't worry about all the other stuff, and, and all they got to do is look. And if if you want to get their attention, put on the ULM LSU game. I mean, they'll get your attention because you're getting ready to go have to fight with these fellas, and and then. Uh, You'll start worrying about that, too. Gerald Broussard, our guest, great perspective. Uh, you know, when a head coach gets fired in college sports, fans look at two things, a buyout and, well, who's going to be the replacement? And that's what I used to do. And, look, I still talk about it. It's sports radio. Sure. But in talking to you and, and talking to other coaches and getting to know other coaches a little bit over the years, heck, when I talked to Coach Napier when, when the Coach O News came out, he said some nice things about O, and then he immediately started talking about all the guys on the staff, mm-hmm. right? I That's where my mind goes now. You know, when HUD was let go, oh, HUD this, HUD that, I'm like, there's a lot of guys on that staff. They don't know where they're going. And a lot of them were friends of yours. Yeah. That's where I'm like, that's, those are the guys I'm praying for. I mean, it's it's a, like you said, when you're winning and things are well, it's it's a fun job. It's a fun life, but... There is a trade-off there for when things aren't and things are difficult. And, um, you know, that's that's where my mind goes is really to, to all the assistants and the staff and their family because it's uh, it's just it's totally different for all of them than it is for the coach that has the big buyout that everyone's saying, oh, isn't that nice? Or he gets to do that. It's like, yeah, you know who that is. All the other people that you don't know, they're the ones that they're not getting a piece of that. You know, they're... They're they're not sure. Should I keep coaching? Can I get can I get on somewhere? Do I need to look for a different line of work? It's it's very different than I'm gonna take a year off and go get me a hamburger. Yeah, as Coach O put it. You well, know? And, and and you know he went through that as a young coach a long long time ago. I mean, uh, you know everybody talks about him now, and I, I think you know I I know him as Bebe. I don't know him as Coach O. I think he he fell into that Coach O. I think if he was still Bebe, he might still be the coach. Uh, you know, but but Bebe, when he went through his, his troubles at Miami, you know, he was back down the bayou and ended up being a GA at Nichols and, uh, you know, fighting his way back through it and going through it on his own. Look, ain't nobody was giving him a hamburger then. You know, he was hanging out with his mama. And, uh, and, she and, does make a mean gumbo, though. Yeah, she really she does. Gumbo. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, but you know, he worked his way back through that. And I, I, I sit back and I look at that because I'm, I'm, I'm watching a game on a, a tape after I get back home. And... Um, Standing next to him in every sideline shot is George Munoz, you know, who's been here with the Cajuns mm-hmm. and then went over there as an analyst and then and then went to Baylor for a year and then they they got rid of the offensive staff. So George is back on the market, so he ends up going back to LSU as an analyst. And then now I, I text him uh, a little while back and just checking on him and actually uh, mistakenly texted him last week and, I, and I'm going to call him here in a little bit. But, uh, 
you know, just to check on him and say, and, and look, I don't want to know oh, I'm talking to so-and-so. This may come open. That may come open. This, you know, um, I, I just want to know how he's doing. Yeah. Just check on you and your family. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's got two kids that are having to go through it. They're in, in high school age now. His daughter is and having to go through that. And it can happen quickly too. Two years ago, dream season. He's in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Joe Burrow's thanking a couple people. George is one of them. Yep. Um, and not even two years later, and it's two different stops, and now going to be a, a third likely. You know, it it, it, it can happen really quick. Uh, ESPN Lafayette, Scott Prather, Gerald Broussard, talking about the life of a coach, head coach, assistants, the situation right now with Coach Billy Napier and, um, you know, at, at UL. And I think we started this conversation about the worry or the angst among fans that just assume, well, he's leaving tomorrow or he's not doing this or he's not doing that. It's like he might be somewhere next season. He might be somewhere else. But don't forget to stop and smell the flowers on your way to 10 straight wins, a school record that has been that's been growing, that could grow to 11, that a conference championship outright in a game. You hadn't done that. You can do that. A bowl game where it's possible you could be playing an undefeated team that's ranked higher than than you. You know, amazing opportunities. You're at the height of where the program's ever been, just in terms of rankings and things like that, and the Louisiana name being out there. And if you're if you're a Cajun fan, enjoy those moments. Yeah, no doubt, enjoy those moments and stop worrying about what's going to happen next. And you know, Doctor Maggard. One thing I think he's done he's well, he's done a number of things well. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to suggest otherwise. He's, he's, he's done a good job making hires in sports. I think we can agree on that. And uh, whatever happens in the future, he's not going to just be sitting there, you know, unprepared. He'll he'll have a plan in place and, and all that other stuff. But And he'll be on the show tomorrow. And, yes, I'll be asking him about, you know, Billy. And, and he often talks about transparency and things that, you know, it's a good relationship he has. And Billy always tells him when things happen. So, um, yeah, you can get caught up in message boards and somebody saying i'm telling you i have a good source and this and that and reality is um nothing's happening right now doesn't mean anyone hasn't said we'd like to talk to we like the interview but i mean in terms of something substantial a twitter account with 300 followers with no history of breaking news you don't need to get wrapped up in what they're reporting about numbers and all this other stuff like calm down take a breath and if it's bothering you get ready for the next thing now on the flip side of that if you are a Florida or LSU fan or Virginia Tech fan and you you want Napier to be your guy, go all out because you're looking for a new head coach. Go all out. You yep. you don't have a season where you're like, man, I'm going to enjoy all these moments. You know, you want to. But if you're if you're on the opposite side of that, like Cajun fans are right now, smell the flowers because they smell pretty good. And you hit it on the head. There's a big difference. I mean, you you have something to go to the game for Saturday. You know, and the next Saturday, and hopefully a couple of Saturdays after that, uh, and um, whereas those other schools don't. I mean, you know, their their season is coming to an end, so they're they're what they have to look forward to is the newness of it. Um, you know, you bring up Doctor Maggard, and, and I think what what they have done over there, as far as you know, Coach Coach Napier said something to you uh, yesterday when you were talking to him. This this isn't the first time these opportunities have come up. I mean, he said it's happened every year he's been here since the first year, uh, with the exception of well, the first yeah, year. Year one, it wasn't. They weren't. The calls weren't coming. Yeah. After that, they started coming. 
But he's still here four years later. And the reason he's still here is because he's been allowed and afforded the opportunity to stay by Dr. Maggard and, and by Dr. Savoy in, in you know, meeting his needs and requests as far as what he feels is important to have. Um, he's not going to leave just for a name. The only reason he would leave is he would think it would be a better situation. And right now he hasn't found that out there. And there have been some really big name jobs that in his eyes aren't a better situation than being here at Louisiana. And and I think that that is a, a, a you know, big, that's because of the work done by Dr. Maggard and Dr. Savoy and all the other people, um, making sure that Coach Napier has what he, what he perceives is to be what he needs to be able to win. And look, he's validated their trust by, by giving us 10 wins three years in a row. Now he's just got to do what nobody else has done and get us to 11 and 12 in a conference, outright conference championship and then go get the 13th. Gerald Broussard is our guest. It is Tuesday. We will have Terrible Tune Tuesday, but it's only going to be one song. And it's going to be a song that's not that long, and it's going to be a song brought to us for Mr. Gerald Broussard. Jay's not in this week. Jay and I usually go on and ramble quite a bit about Terrible Tunes. G's got one that a lot a song that a lot of people really like. Do they really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I might even try to sing it. Oh, don't do that. I might even try to sing it. No. Uh when we come back, we're gonna play that tune for you. It's quick. We'll dig right back into everything surrounding the world of coaching, football right now as well. And uh and everybody calm down about the Taysom Hill contract. I'll explain to you the real numbers of what it actually means. Not saying it was like great or anything, but but calm down. Just calm down. Just everybody just needs to relax. Okay, relax. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott. That's she. We're right back. Right after this. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up because when you do hundred dollars in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in louisiana as soon as it hits that's code 1420 to get 100 dollars in free bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook gambling problem call 1-877-770 stop must be 21 or older louisiana only availability varies by parish eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions you my friend i'm glad i did this test on you the friendship test what you got the best seat in the house espn lafayette espn ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Gerald Broussard. G, you've got our terrible tune this week. You are taking a song from 1961 that was number one in the U.S. A number one smash hit that has been covered, that has been in movies, that has stood the test of time. 
60 years later, it is still being played on the radio. And yet, for you, this was not a difficult choice. It's horrible. It's... I mean, really, I was born in 61. I can say that. It's been around my whole life, and it's been bad the whole time. All right. So our one TTT today, Thanksgiving week, this is from The Tokens. The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Because every time I see him, I go, hey, gee. That's a classic, Gerald. It's classically bad. It's classic. We both, <laughs> during the song, we're both reminded. Like, hey, you ever seen Ace Ventura? That's the yeah. movie I think of. Yeah. That and The Lion King. But, yeah, I haven't seen Ace Ventura in many years. I wonder if it holds up. I mean, the, you still see Ray Finkel jokes. I, I've actually seen a lot this year because the kicking is so bad in the yeah. NFL. What has happened to the kicking? What's I, going on? Well, I, I don't understand it because... It's, oh, my God. But it's it's distance over accuracy. And, and I think that's what everybody looks for, the guy who can kick it far instead of worrying about just kicking it through the uprights. I mean, the ultimate goal is to make it in the middle. I, mean, I forget where we were 
uh, we were playing somebody. We had a kicker that was struggling in in, in, uh, in pregame, and some guys in the stands were like, dude, this ain't soccer. It goes over the bar, over the bar. You know? I heard yeah. Morton Anderson, Hall of Famer, in a podcast once explaining why, I guess the, he was being asked about the that Cody Parkey's double doink or whatever from the playoff game a few years ago. He said, too many young kickers, it's like trick shots in basketball. They're not aiming for the middle of the crossbars. They waste time trying to hit a crossbar, like messing around. He's like, they spend all this time trying to be accurate for fun instead of accurate the way you should be in a game. Right. And he's like, he was convinced. He's like, I think he, he spends time in practice trying to hit the crossbar for fun, and it, it gets in your head. And I was like, that's interesting. He's like, I never, the only place I ever practiced trying to kick a ball was through the uprights every time, no matter what. Whether it be distance, whether it be close, I wasn't trying to hook it in. I wasn't trying to amuse myself. I was like, well, it works. Man, in the Hall of Fame. Some people get bored doing the same thing over and over and over again. And look, those of us who've ever played golf, I go out to the driving range, and, and I haven't lately. I will soon, hopefully. But, you know, just just keep hitting the same shot over. But and inevitably, you're going to hit it and say, boy, I hit that one well. Well, let me see if I can just turn it over a little bit. You change your grip. You change your stance. And the next thing you know, you can't go back and make the simple shot again. And I think that's what happens. ESPN Lafayette, Scott Prather, Gerald Walker. News came out yesterday about Taysom Hill extension worth $95 million. Uh, fans flipped out. Um, it could be anywhere but worth 40 to $95 million, depending on the position he plays. It includes $22.5 million guaranteed. He had an $8.9 million dead cap hit next year when the current contract voids because his current contract was never going to get picked up for $140 million what the last one was, if that makes sense. So they extend him. They got two more years at his current pay, and they get to push the dead cap back and, and spread it out. Um, I think Taysom wants to play quarterback. I also think he's a realist and knows that it's not going to be a full-time thing. And so the Saints are paying to keep him around in his role. He could play some quarterback, but you look at numbers, people freak out. They laugh about the Saints. Didn't they just pay him all this? Didn't they just pay him all this? He's making $8.9 million this year. That's how much he'll make next year. There are incentives. He could make more, but a lot of the incentives are tied into how much quarterback he plays. And regardless of what they say, I don't think they are look at him as the top quarterback of the future. I, I agree with you. I don't think he ever will be. I don't think he ever was, and I don't think he ever will be. But he is a talented, talented oh. man, and there is a place for him, a lot of place for him on the football field. And I'm just glad they're keeping him around. He's, he's the best athlete on the team. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, Kamara's up there, but Taysom. Kamara uh, can't do what Taysom can do. Not Taysom can't do what Kamara can do. Out can, of, do what out of, no. can do with that balance. But. Yeah, but, no, but, but the things that, 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 uh, that Hill can do being physical and being athletic and then being able to throw. I mean, because look, he, I mean, he, he can throw. It's not like he's just garbage at throwing. He can throw. I, I, I think he, well, we know he can play a lot of positions on offense. I think he could start at, at linebacker. I think if he lost weight, he could be a safety. I think he could play on both sides of the football. I just think he's that kind of athlete. The true Storm and Mormon. <laughs> the true Storm and Yes, Mormon. sir. All right, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back, revisit our... Topic for the majority of the hour, coaching in the world of college football and uh, Coach Billy Napier, his future. It's all coming your way. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy 
aspect to DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving 100 bucks in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms. ESPN Lafayette. I was listening to Gerald Broussard in the studio. I was listening to you and Jay. <laughs> listening to you and Jay call the game Saturday. and They start playing Don't Stop Believing in the fourth quarter. And Jay's like, I don't know where the tradition came from, Gerald. But wherever it did, good for them. And then I text him. I was like, Kathy May 15. Ding! <laughs> well, Gerald, someone just texted me. It was Kathy May 15. <laughs> I, I knew y'all would like attention. that. <laughs> <laughs> How about your boy Cripper? Speaking of thing, Chris Lano, you know. Cripper yeah, is, I love Chris. Yeah, he likes that sorry song you played. I mean, he's, he's no he's the song that you chose. You mean? No, I, yeah, but you played it. I just chose it. I didn't. <laughs> he's I, right. I Chris is right. It's he said good. it's a classic. Well, a classic nonetheless. It's a classic garbage song, but <laughs> it's not good, Cripper. It's, ESPN Lafayette. Um, Gerald, is Coach Napier the coach that you will next year in your mind? In my mind, no. Yeah, and, and I'm just saying, do I want him to be? Oh, sure. of course. Yeah, sure I do. Sure. You know, but but if, if if you hold my feet to the fire, no, I no. I, I think that there would be somebody different there, and, and it's okay, too, you know. Uh, feels feels different this year. It really does. I, I think even last year there was some... Look, when you start hearing the stuff about South Carolina that time, thinking, I don't know about that. And then this one, well, I don't know about that. Then Auburn, and I was like, yeah, I'm not real sure. Then Auburn came back into the mix and got a little bit, I don't want to say nervous about it, got a little bit antsy, you know, thinking, well, we'll see who they bring in, you know, at the time, but then was really glad. But this one does feel different. This one, I, I think that there's been some opportunities out there to this point. And it, it, it's not so much... It is. It's a little bit of of the jobs that are open and potentially going to be open that I think that, you know, in his eyes may be able to facilitate. I know that these people know now 
uh, if, if you read and you hear some of the talking heads talk about it, you hear that, do you want to get on a long list of jobs he's turned down? Well, I think that the people who are talking to him now know why he's turned those others down and would not be talking to him unless they can meet those the requirements that, that Coach Napier is going to have or his what he feels like his needs would be. And look, I'm just speculating. I'm no different sure. than, than you know, Bob down at the barbershop, you know, and, and uh I think that, you know, there there's some people out there that are going to say because they do their diligence and they, they do dig into it. Just like, you know, Coach Maggart, Dr. Maggart went out and found him and, and his people, they, they went out and found Billy Nate and knew what they were getting into. And look, there were other names and there still are going to be other names, but, but uh, you know, they saw something that they liked and they felt like they could do what he needed and wanted to be able to put him in a position to succeed. Joe Broussard has uh, been our guest it's uh, it's great seeing you, man. I've seen you a few times, but I know between COVID and life and and health stuff, it's been a while. I don't remember the last time I was in studio with you. It's just different. Yeah, more yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I don't have time to watch television the way I used to with a two, four, and six year old. We used to talk hard knocks a lot. Yeah. Now there's an in season hard knocks. Have you seen this? I'm saving it. I haven't. I it's the Colts. Man, I, I might have to make time. I, I at first I was skeptical. The reason I'll, I'll tell you why I was skeptical. Hard knocks, I feel like, has lost a big step. Like this past season with the Cowboys, I thought was I thought it was terrible. I'm not picking on Dallas. You've got the freaking Cowboys, and you can't give me any really good stories. It feels too controlled by the teams now. Mm-hmm. It's as if they figured it out. And okay, what can we put out there that's gonna reflect best on us instead of real gritty this is training camp life and this is hard and that's why i wasn't as excited about if you had told me like five years ago there's going to be an in season of hard knocks oh man i shoot my ears i'm 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 percolating what where i'm watching now i'm like i don't think i don't i, just, I don't trust it well it didn't become must see i mean before when we would talk about it, it was almost must see and we would text like right after did you see it did Bill you know, O'Brien, the texan oh, season dude, that, that was, was great awesome. it was yeah. great but this year we wa- I watched because Juice Hamilton was is was is and was with the Cowboys. Nick Ralston, another Cajun, was with the Cowboys, um, and Adam Henry is a receiver coach with the Cowboys, who I had coached with at McNeese. And Adam had been on Hard Knocks before when he was with the Browns and stuff. So so seeing that, I was anxious to see it. But this one seemed uh, just a lot more cowboy promotion, and and more so than. What we want to see, you know, we just want to see a cam, uh, just a, a mic in the meetings, and 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 then out on the practice field. Look, I'm fine going home with him a little bit and stuff, but I want to see somebody getting in trouble. Yeah, you know, by yeah. getting fussed at. And, yeah, and you know, just the, the nitty gritty, the down and dirty, and and that part of it. And it just it's and even the vignettes, it, they were, it was just let's just have cowboy porn. That's that's what it felt like. Yeah, and and yeah, you find one or two stories. Let's try to follow this guy, but it didn't feel as real it felt more staged than real and yeah. that's that's what the show has become and that's not what made the show great you know what i mean anyway so let me know how it is when you watch it let yeah. me know just let me know if it's worth my time it's, well it's gonna be i say it just because you never know what you could get and that's what i'm always there for what i could get now i've been i don't know if you've gotten into yellowstone and so i have i have some thoughts on that as well yeah we should, we should go we should leave but I, I'm, you're probably going to be mad at me. I've been t- somewhat disappointed about this season. You've been enjoying it. 
I, I have, but I, I have been a little disappointed, and I'll tell you why. It's, it's a little bit action lagging, if I could say. Here's what I... We'll just, we'll just we'll cut into Dan Patrick, all right? <laughs> so I've watched Yellowstone since season one, episode one. I really enjoyed season three. I thought it slowed down, and they just... They focused on the bunkhouse. It was, it was nice. You felt mm-hmm. like you were in this world. What I don't like about this season so far, the first 15 minutes were something. And I don't want to have any spoilers, but... The fact that, like, everyone was, like, thumbs up, I was like, all right, come on. Like, that's, I, I'm not saying I'm, I, I want certain things to happen as far as, like, flatlining, but there's got to be some kind of actual consequence for me as a viewer to believe it. The main thing that I don't like about it is that Taylor Sheridan, the writer and director, who's, who plays Travis in the series, the, the bull rider, he is he he's he put he's put together a great show, but Paramount Plus has now basically got him doing a hundred things. So the whole thing just feels like set. They're just setting up other shows. So okay, show you show your Mary Kingstown previews all the time. That's fine. That's you're not trying to act like that's part of the Yellowstone world. But the 1883, you're tying that in to promote that show, and then the whole storyline with Jimmy going to that. That's going to be a different show you, yeah, you so see that coming. it's like it's all like the walking dead was a show i don't watch anymore that i once enjoyed until it became amc's cash cow and they only its main focus became fueling all these other products and when they started doing that it got away from that show and what made it great and i'm worried g last week's episode sunday's episode was was probably was better than the previous one i'll say mm-hmm. that but i'm worried they're now just looking at yellowstone the execs at Paramount saying, well, this is our cash cow. We got to use this to to fuel all these other things to make this money for us. Don't lose sight of what makes Yellowstone great. And right now, I, I'm worried, G. I'm worried. Well, there's, they are setting up a lot of storylines that you can see can break away into total different, to Triple Six Ranch or whatever. You know, you can... You know that's coming. I mean, you know it is, that's coming. But it actually is. I mean, yeah. I, I read about it. Like, oh. they're, it, it's a show. Six, yeah. six, six, six. Yeah. It's like, so, what about Yellowstone, <laughs> man? I don't, I'm not here to watch these other shows. Well, and I think that that's the thing when I say action lag. I think that finish this. You know, if you want to go off, you want to go off, that's fine. If you got to put it to bed, put it to bed. But finish this. When I say action lag, I think that finish this. You know, if you want to go off, you want to go off. That's fine. If you got to put it to bed, put it to bed. But finish this because, and look, I the the first fifteen minutes was good. I, I don't disagree, but there a lot of that was uh, I want to call no stuff. You knew it was going to be that way because of how the season previous, previous it ended. So, all right, I'm more okay. Get me past that. I know that's going to come. We're going to go kill somebody. Good. That, that's fine. You know, uh, let's just move on. Where is it going to take me? And and. Uh, I'm okay. Everything is set up now. Yeah. I want to see. Okay, now let's move past it and let's finish Yellowstone. And I, I just look. I think there's a lot more Yellowstone to be had I hope, before uh, we break away to everything thank else. You, thank you. Like the the stuff with Tate and and Casey's wife that was so rushed. It's like there, that should be. You know, I've spent twenty minutes of the episode with vignettes of these guys on their horses, these show horses, mm-hmm. and it's all to set up another show. Give me this show. Yeah, I don't want to watch six 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 six. Yep. Sorry. All right. So you brought up Yellowstone. You got me going, G. So much for Dan Patrick. <laughs> Dan Patrick's next at CSP and Lafayette. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, God dang it. All right. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish other than the turkey? Hey, we're going to have brisket. What's your <laughs> favorite dish other than the brisket? 
uh, 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 she's going to do corn grits. And, That's dude, true. I'm a big fan of them. Corn grits. You ever had corn pudding? No. It's pretty good. You've done right. It's hard to mess up corn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is it. That's Gerald. I'm Scott. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, Luke Johnson of The Advocate, uh, Picayune, Saints Beat Rider is going to join me. Dr. Brian Maggard will join me tomorrow at 8. Got plenty to ask him. All that and more. In the meantime, it's Dan Patrick after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticketed sports.